Hello and welcome to the weekly VM Campos comic book club. I'm your host, VM Campos. This is the podcast where I review a comic book, new or old, from my collection and rate it on the factors of the cover art, interior art, plot, and enjoyability of the book on a scale of 1 to 5. And then I tell you to get it or shred it. This week I'm reading The Magdalena, number 1, published in the year 2000 by Top Cow slash Image Comics. For the video version of the podcast, head on over to youtube.com slash vmcampos. And if you want to support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash vmcampos. Now on with the show. First of all, a little behind-the-scenes information. This is Mark Silvestri's Top Cow imprint. However, that's all set up of Image Comics. Mark Silvestri was one of the founding seven of Image Comics, debuting in 1992 with Cyberforce. He worked over at Marvel Comics, just like all of the Image founders, and they wanted to do their own thing, led by Rob Liefeld. And so Cyberforce was the big claim to fame that Mark did. It was a superhero team, superhero team book. But then by the late 90s, maybe superheroes weren't the big thing. So there was this new genre of bad girl comics, led by the likes of Lady Death, Vampirella, Dawn, Lady Rawhide, and more. So why not jump in on the craze and have The Magdalena? This comic debuted in the year 2000, uh, dated here as April. So it'll probably hit newsstands, comic shops at around um, January or so. And so by the end of the 90s, though, did we get to a point where the bad girl craze has exhausted itself? Maybe. I know for myself, I think of the bad girl's craze as more of a 90s thing. But there were others at the turn of the century, Aphrodite, Nine, and the like. And many more. Tell me in the comments. And so this comic definitely feels late 90s, early 2000s, turn of the millennium. Uh, it's commonly known that this that there was a lot of malaise in the world of comics by the turn of the century. We had the speculator bubble that burst. We had Marvel Comics in bankruptcy by the end of the 90s. And just comics were being shook up. The image founders were all burnt out, basically. And then the big two just kept chugging along. A variety of new sort of image wave three creators came in and started to make their own mark. This comic has those remnants of 90s plus a glimmer of the new millennium. All right, let's start off with the cover art. We have Joe Benitez and Joe Weems on the cover, which is pretty enjoyable. It's this ornate border around the book showcasing the main character, the Magdalena. We have these religious aspects of the border. On the one hand, it looks like a picture frame that she's standing behind of, but then there's kind of a simple background and then a very ornate logo, looks like calligraphy. So there's various aspects that are enjoyable, but we're gonna start to see over and over that we're getting into the dark times of computer colorization and an over-reliance on dark tones. Dark and gritty was really kicked up a notch by the end of the 90s, early 2000s. The character design is pretty cool. It's, yeah, bad girls showing lots of skin, an improbable outfit, but it's cool. It's fun. You got these flashes of ribbons and such. You got a cape, a cloak, flowing hair pouches, a big sword, a big cross. Character design is pretty fun. Cover stands out, catches your attention. It's very ornate, but then contrasted with a very simple purple background. So I'll give this a four and a half out of five. Interior art, we've got the credits over here. And I gotta say right away, you can tell this is the late 90s, early 2000s because this page is unreadable. This 
texture and fonts and colors is just this this definitely falls into the trap of just because we can do something should we do it and so we've got this ornate background with just these textures that make it impossible to read this this text but if we muddle through it we see that we've got pencils by joe benitez inks by joe weems and victor lamas actually wait a minute what does that even say i can't even read this this say Let's see, this says Bat, page 7, Victor Lamas, pages 10, 11, 13. All right, so mostly Joe Weems, but then these other uh, inkers also chip in. Colors by Tyson Wengler, letters by Dreamer Designs. Yeah, some of this is so unreadable. So anyway, Joe Benitez, also uh, known in the world of comics for his Lady Mechanica, which is pretty enjoyable. That'd be also like a... Uh, version 2.0 bad girls in a sense vaguely so interior art on the one hand it's very visually interesting these panel layouts are really fun and interesting here we've got a vertical one some smaller ones really sets the flow of things uh close-ups on expressions um full page splash over here which should be reserved for the actual main character but instead we've got some action and a weird creature uh, so the problem with the art here, there's, there's very good detailed art, but the whole book is so dark. Everything is dark upon dark upon dark. And yeah, it's a dark story, but that really shows itself in the color palette. Even here where we see the main characters, you should be spotlighted. But every page... Even if you want to say, well, it mostly happens at night. No, this is happening in the middle of the day right here. But we've got these dark tones over at the Vatican that still just everything is just so dark. We have flashes of the 90s image style where we've got a full page character uh, and then sub panels. We've got the cross hatching, which was du jour at one point cool environments. We got a reference. We have some we have a nice drawing here of the Vatican and then a bird's eye view of this office here and there's kind of a lot of talking a lot of talking heads for a little while a little bit of action at the beginning then lots of talking the expressions i, I guess are, are good but i just get this sense of everyone's such a sad sack in this panel we have a little bit of a origin story of the magdalena here we'll get to the to that in in the plot of it all and then this uh, kind of a cool panel layout overall here just however throw everything at at the reader at this point but yeah as you keep seeing these things pretty much everything is so dark so that really detracted from things for me for the enjoyability of the art of it because on a technical level the panels are nice the anatomy is good the expressions are good but where it fails are the sort of the modernity of colors uh here people loved to do this where you've got a gradient in the text box and then the text might be hard to read so just because we have all of the ability to do all of these uh, tricks in um, computer colorization doesn't mean you should do them all. When you do it subtly, like the glow of a flashlight, okay, that's cool. But even here, you've got a light source that should be illuminating way more, and it just the panel's still really dark. And so it's purples on light purples on dark purples on blues... It just, look at this, this is just incomprehensible. Yes, it's nighttime, but 
by the year 2000, comics had been around a hundred years and it's been solved how to make a night scene. It's just that we kind of keep learning the same lessons over and over. So we'll give the art a 4.0 out of 5. The plot, this is by Marsha Chen and Joe Benitez. So it's always cool to see a female writer in, these, in this boy-driven world of comics. Uh, we've got Joe Benitez also there. And so we have this perspective of this character, the Magdalena, who debuted over on The Darkness, issue number 15. She was hired to hunt the darkness. She, she didn't quite fulfill her contract, so she goes back to the Vatican for her next mission. And so plot-wise, we've got this... This is confusing a bit. We've got uh, narration, which I think is from an omniscient narrator, and then we've also got narration from the Magdalena. So they kind of mix up in a few places. So that's not too much fun. And, uh, yeah, we get, uh, uh, in France, a priest is attacked by some creature very viciously. This is way more violent, way more vicious than I would have thought, and the art on that looks wow. And so it's um, some sort of creature, some sort of evil. There's a little girl. She's going to come back later. Pay attention to that little lamb. Wow, that's a heavy-handed metaphor. And so there's lots of, uh, lots of religious aspects in this comic book. Now, I saw this before in Rob Liefeld's Evangeline, a badass warrior lady that is religious-based comic book. But I also saw that on Ben Dunn's Warrior Nun Ariella. So there's this fetish that some uh, comic creators have of a, of a tough religious lady. Must be all that Catholic guilt. And so, yeah, if, if, if you're religious and this pseudo-religiousness speaks to you, great. It adds a new layer to the, uh, to the comic. To me, that I don't really know any of this or care about it, the religious aspect is just feels like some more of this comic mysticism that doesn't really matter to me. Basically, the Magdalena is the descendant of Mary of Magdalene, uh, who was one of Jesus' disciples back in the day. Uh, she was there for his crucifixion and was the first one to see his resurrection. And so she was kind of blessed and she had this bloodline passing down through the centuries. These uh, warrior women that nowadays they work for the Vatican. Uh, here's an incarnation of uh, the Magdalena who infiltrated Nazi Germany during World War II, caused Hitler to repent, and then took the Lance of Longinus, the Spear of Destiny. A spoiler alert in this plotline, Hitler still dies because fuck Nazis. Uh, he, you know, killed himself even though he repented and he saw the error of his ways. So that's kind of a weird thing to throw into a comic book that, yeah, Hitler did repent. We did it in our comic book. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, then some other priest from Belgium finds this artifact and all this stuff and it could spell ruin for the church. Back to Magdalena. So she's uh, trying to track down the killer, the vicious killer of this priest. She follows the clues and such. We see a little lamb, a little lost lamb. And what it is, oh, it's an evil vampire. So then we get, a, then we get another narration from selected passages from the Book of Demons and Other Preternatural Beings from the 1700s. I wonder if that actually exists. And a definition of vampires and the like. So as we get this action scene here, we get the definition of vampires according to the 1700s book. Back to the uh, art a little bit. Again, when I come to this page here, it's kind of sad that it's just so dark. And sometimes the action's a little hard to follow. 
But anyway, we've got this battling. We defeat the little demon vampire girl, but uh, actually, wait a minute, nope. She's getting helped by someone, and we turn the page, reveal. Whoa, double page, side splash over here talking about that. Well, vampires are often solitary, but sometimes they're in a coven. We've got all these vampires. And now if this is not something that catches your attention for issue number two, I don't know what will. Because we've got sword lady, vampire lady, bald vampire guy, vampire guy with a cool set of hair, fun vampire, Nazi vampire. And so Magdalena might have a little trouble, so come back for the next issue. So plot-wise, it's enjoyable. I'll give it a four and a half out of five. It really is heavily reliant on religion. And like I said, cheekily, didn't I already see that on Evangeline? Didn't I already see that on Warrior and Ariella? Well, you know, this is all public domain stuff, so you can do your own version of the Vatican's Avenger. But overall, setting up this world, setting up this storyline, and then a final to be continued. I think it works overall, so I'll give it a four and a half out of five. Enjoyability of the book. Okay, of course, I enjoy the artistry of the character and the character design and so forth. And the sort of idea that this is a, a holy warrior for the modern church. But what really brings down my enjoyability is just the 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 color palette of this book everything's just so dark that it just really detracts there's not enough of these big splash pages to show off the character because of course you're you're focused on the main character throughout the book her name's on the title and i wanted to see more of these great big splash pages although yes the other parts of the art are also enjoyable except again the colorization of it and this just quick synopsis here is kind of cool. So overall, it's enjoyable overall, but there's some touches here and there that I'd like for them to improve. So I'll give this a 4.25 out of 5. Should you get it or shred it? Mm, I'm going to say shred it. And that is because it is really a comic that it really appeals to a fetish, I suppose. Uh, nothing wrong with that, of course. But if you're into sort of mixing religion and horror and bad girls, then yeah, get it. But the overall flavor of it for me, it doesn't really stand out to me enough that I want to keep reading it, even though that final panel is pretty cool. I do want to see what happens next. And so also as an interesting artifact of the times, we have all of these year 2000 uh, aspects of it. Like again here, wow, throw every color. Now this is the opposite. Throw every color, every gradient, every computer-generated effect into it. And they're still falling for the same trap on this part about the text is so unreadable with that background. Over here they came to their senses and it's actually readable. But on the one hand, it's also kind of interesting just to... And then we turn over here. Wow, this is so late 90s. So the opposite with so much uh, colors and gradients and blurs. The fire is blurry. Rick Veach works on that. So it's fun to know that um, Laura Croft was also in a series of comics from Top Cow. And here's a uh, PlayStation game. So... Yeah, oh, Sol Bianca, that's a classic anime of the time. So, it is what it is. And that was my review of The Magdalena, number one, published in the year 2000 by Top Cow and Image Comics. What did you think about this late-stage bad girl comic book? The heyday of that genre was more in the mid-90s, but by the year 2000, did it peter out? 
Did you read the Magdalena back in the day? Or what about any other of the Top Cow Mark Silvestri books? The Darkness, Witchblade, etc.? Tell me in the comments. Did you watch the video version of the podcast? YouTube.com slash VMCampos to check it out. If you enjoyed the episode, consider pledging over at Patreon.com slash VMCampos. For $3.33 a month, you can help out the show. You can keep it funded. You can keep it going. You can be a part of it. Patreon.com slash VMCampos. If you can't quite pledge at the moment, no worries. Simply like, comment, share, subscribe. Do all the good stuff. I would really appreciate it. And so once again, this week I read The Magdalena Number 1, published in the year 2000 by Top Cow and Image Comics. This has been the weekly VM Campus Comic Book Club, and I'll see you next week.